Okay, everybody, welcome to Who's Your Band podcast. We are, we are glad to be back here. How are you, Sean? Fantastic, buddy. How are you? I'm fantastic, too. I'm fantastic because I'm happy with our guest today. We got the great Joey G. Joe Ganasoli. how are you, sir? What's going on, guys? Joey G, chef, actor. Come on, man. How, how, how is life treating you? You're, you're making through this? You're doing all right? I'm hanging in there, you know, I keep busy with, uh, you know, delivering my stuff. So at least I'm out. Okay. Um, and quick question. First, uh, what we do on this show is we usually talk music. Um, we'd like to get people's backgrounds a little bit. Where did you grow up, Joe? Brooklyn. What part? Uh, Gravesend and then Bay Ridge mostly. I had restaurants in Bay Ridge. Oh, get your, you know, also Bay Ridge, Gravesend area. You know where... Um, Avenue X and 86th Street kind of come together? Sure, that's right by L&B. That's exactly right. Okay, so we're basically from around the same uh, neighborhood. And you were a chef before you were an actor, huh? Yeah, I uh, lived in New Orleans, uh, cooked uh, in L.A. while I was uh, pursuing acting, and I started in Manhattan and then had restaurants in Brooklyn. Where did you go to culinary school, or was it something that you picked up around the house from your mom and grandmother? Nah, not the. I I'm self-taught, but I didn't pick anything up around the house. They weren't. Uh, we didn't come from a big cooking family with big family meals. You did or didn't? Didn't. You didn't. Okay. Um, I, what What are the names of your um, restaurants in Bay Ridge? Because I'm also a big Bay Ridge guy. We're there a lot. One one. Oh sure. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Fourth Avenue, Hundred First. Then I had a soup restaurant called Soup as Art. I had a lounge called the Blue Zoo Lounge. Um, you know, I bounced. Uh, I had a few things going. And how did you make the transition from being a chef to actor? I was a degenerate gambler, and I gambled my restaurant away and moved to LA to pursue acting. <laughs> At least he's honest. What was, what, what was the bet that put you over the edge? Ah, that's a good one. Uh, Sunday night football, 1990. I uh, lost my first two games back then. It wasn't like a million games on, so you had to go what was on TV. So it was a giant loss, 15,000. A jet loss, another 15,000. And I uh, doubled it up and uh, bet the 30 on the Houston Oilers, Pittsburgh Steelers. And um, everybody was resting their starters. And oh, I thought no. Pittsburgh had the number one defense, and Houston crushed them with a backup quarterback. Who who was it? Cody Co- Cody, Carson. Car- Co- Cody Carson back then. That's right. I re- I remember those days. Uh, see that. Oh, very good. Yeah. At any time you start going with like the end of the season, and you're playing back you know, backups. You know, the first game of the year, last game of the year are the toughest games to bet. Yeah, I didn't realize that they'd be stressing their starters for the playoffs. So Pittsburgh had number one defense. And I guess Warren Moon was uh, resting. Uh, I mean, the uh, Oilers were resting Warren Moon. Right. But, um, yeah, I took Pittsburgh. And uh, four days later, I was in L.A. I cashed out and I, I went intact. I, I did that one time in Vegas. I bet like $30 on the freaking Patriots. And I was screaming and moaning because I lost $30. And the guy next to me put his hand on my shoulder and goes, asshole, I lost 80 grand. Uh, <laughs> all right. I wish I wish that would have been me. So you go, so you go out to LA, and do you remember 
you know, the first break you got, guys, first acting role you were you were in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Money for nothing. That's where I meet. I met uh, Benito del Toro, and that's where uh, he helped me get started. Tell you the truth. I can meet him on the movie Money for Nothing. Money for nothing. So yeah, you true story. You went in, you auditioned, and got the role. I got a role, uh, and it was just a day play, but they flew me to Pittsburgh, which was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, and then you wound up being in a couple of, of movies that I love, man. You were in Ed Wood. Yeah, right? I had a scene with Johnny Depp. That right? was cool. You, you were in uh, Basquiat? Basquiat. Love that right? movie. That, that, uh, Julian, uh, Julian Schnabel. He went to Lafayette. Great artist. Oh, Lafayette. Some films. Brooklyn High School. Um, That's right. And you were in Mickey Blue Eyes. Mickey Blue Eyes. Correct. Right. And then, of course, had the iconic role of Vito Spadafore in The Sopranos. Right. But as you know, my first role was a different character for a season. You were a customer or something? A bakery customer named Gino. That's right. And they loved you so much and they bring you back. Apparently. <laughs> Isn't that a great feeling? Uh, you know what? It all worked out. I mean, I'm very lucky, very blessed. But, you know, I made my own breaks, too. I, uh, you know, if I don't suggest making my character gay from a book I, I read about a mobster that was gay, uh, we're not talking right now, I'll tell you that. You know, I actually did the open audition for season three for The Sopranos. Oh, you went to and one then, of those Harrison? Was, yeah. Harris, Harrison? In Harrison. That was the one where uh, Johnny Sack's wife got cast. Yeah, someone else too, but I think she got, she was the big find, Denise Borino, rest in peace. Well, I mean, I was I'm six three three fifty. I would have been a big find too, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. So let's. Uh, I want one thing. I just I saw the other day, which I thought was really really cool, was uh, I saw you on Bong Appetit. Yeah, how interesting was that? Like, have you ever uh, delved into into cooking that way before? Or was no. that the first time? Yeah, no, I don't even smoke the shit. I mean, I did when I was a kid. Like, who didn't? But, you know, everybody was blazing, and I was smoking my, this is my weed. Yeah. Uh, but my food was obviously the best, you saw. But, you know, they, there was a, uh, they gave it to the old lady, which was uh, the grandma, which was okay. I, I uh, like the uh, progression in that show. When you start watching the show from the beginning, everybody's all happy. And by the end of the show, they're completely baked out of their minds. <laughs> <laughs> a great show, man. They were lighting it up, let me tell you. Oh, I can imagine. Now, one thing I didn't know either that I didn't realize that you wrote a book. I, I, I right away I thought it would be a cookbook, but it was actually a novel. Yeah, it's a cookbook novel. Um, what, a meal to die for. A meal to die for, loosely based on my life, gambling chef. We can get that on Amazon, still correct? Yep, you can still get it on. It came out in like '06. Okay. So, you know. You know, we normally talk a lot about uh, music on the show, but I think we're going to steer the direction to a, a more in, important topic uh, because of what's going on right now. And, uh, you know, as comics, we're trying to do things uh, to raise money as well. Uh, I just did a Zoom fundraiser for uh, an, uh, a charity called Act of Kindness, where we donate gift cards to uh, hospitals and first responders so we sent out uh, five $500 gift cards to different hospitals in uh, Connecticut. But uh, I want to talk about your GoFundMe right now, um, which is doing really well. I, I just checked this afternoon. You're up to $24,000 right now, which is fantastic. 
Uh, yeah, I broke the 24 mark. Um, my goal was, well, when I first started, 1,000. I have a sister-in-law that works in the labor and delivery room in a hospital near me, and my niece contracted uh, uh, COVID, and she recovered, and she works at a hospital, not as a nurse, but the head of a department and uh, in the Bronx. So I wanted to get them some meals. I said, you know, if I'd be great if I could help some restaurants uh, survive, and if I could... Um, um, get them uh, food and they were so appreciative and word got out and other restaurants, uh, other hospitals started contacting me. So I kept upping the uh, the total. I went from 1,000 to 2,500 to 5 to 10 to 15. Now I'm at 25. Now it's 50 because I want to go for the month of May and I spread all around with all these different restaurants and I do uh, nursing homes, hospitals. I did one today, new hospital. Someone got in touch with me, post office, uh, sanitation, police, fire departments. Um, I say sanitation. I don't know, but, um, yeah, I don't like saying no to anyone. And, um, you know, I, I got some, sums I repeat and I try to spread it all around and, not only do Italian, but Greek, Mexican. I uh, did a big antipast yesterday, like $700 antipast with breads, cheeses, meats, stromboli rolls, uh, a chicken palm, grilled chicken, roasted chickens, mashed, roasted. I mean, forget it. It was a feast. They, so they went nuts. You're getting, you're getting me excited, just so you know. A little bit. I so now, who's who's doing all? Are you doing all the cooking? Or are you outsourcing it with other? No, 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 no. I buy it from the restaurants, so I'm helping the restaurants and I'm, and I'm taking it to the you know. Oh, good. To the, uh, okay. to the places, yeah. So, so it's a win-win for everybody, really. You're supporting yeah, the businesses as well. How can people exactly. get on board with this, Joe? Uh, well, if they if they go to my Twitter or my Facebook, they'll see it. Uh, I sent you the link uh, if they want to, you know, whatever. But. It's all over my my Twitter, my even in my Instagram. It's you know my profile. Um, you know I have someone donate five thousand, and people donate whatever they can five, ten, twenty, fifteen, fifty, a hundred. You know, it varies. And um, you know, money's getting a little low. Um, I try to uh, you know stretch it out. I know a lot of the restaurants, so they always do the right thing. Um. And, you know, it's for lunch, but then hopefully the next shift gets some and, um, you know, the night shift gets forgotten about. So and then they send it to other departments. So um, I, I just want to keep going until things to sort of get back to normal a little. But I'm on a mission and people ask me why you're doing it. My wife's a nervous wreck, you know, because I'm exposing myself and I say I'm doing it because I can. Listen, that's the important thing about people in entertainment. We're, we're trying, you know, and listen, we're, we're nowhere on the level that you are, but we're just trying to, in the time that we have right now, you know, the time that we have right now, you know, we can either be sitting on our asses doing nothing and saying, woe is me, or you can realize how uh, grateful you really should be because, you know, first of all, we're all healthy. And, you know, I know that you said your niece caught it, but, you know, we're very lucky that, you know, just Jeff and I are alone. I mean, I know over 50 people who've caught it already. So yeah. anything that we can do at this point to just raise a little money, we're not going to fight. We're not going to find the cure. But what we can do is we can at least help people who are on the front lines at this point. 
And I know it's three people that uh, I mean, I know three people that got it. One one close friend passed. So and you must know somebody that must have passed. Right. Absolutely. I'm very I'm very, very blessed and lucky that the amount of people that I know who have gotten it and no one has passed away yet. Oh, good. Good to hear. You know, it's just scary because, you know, you see people who are 100 years old who are recovering and then you see 30 year old athletic directors who, who died of it. You know, this, this, this is not uh, this is not something that people are. Uh, you, you definitely have a chance of getting it. You know what I mean? It's not. a. Mm. It doesn't have any restrictions on it. Yeah. Hey, smoking, by the way. It's a Rocky Patel um, double Corona Maduro full bodied. A double Corona, yeah. Oops. I wouldn't be. I would. I wouldn't be bragging about that. The double Corona right now. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Look at that. Sean Morton. Yeah. Hey, Joe, what do you think happens to restaurants uh, when when things start to ease up? Do you think they they let people back and they're going to put in these plexiglass? What what do you think happens here? More it's be a long time? time before things sort of get into even even good. Um, people aren't going to feel comfortable in restaurants, sitting next to people, being in a crowded waiting online. You know, outside, it's going to be hard for them. It really is. Some restaurants are not going to be open up. I know some Chinese takeouts that just was strictly takeout, no dining, you know, or very little or a table or two. You just did uh, pickups and deliveries. Who's going to feel comfortable? I feel bad for them. Um, you know, I'm in a restaurant guy, really, and uh, I don't know how they're going to do it. it. It's so tough because I know I have a good friend of mine who owns a restaurant, too, and he's one of the few who's actually saying that his business has not dropped off that much. Because he's uh, he's in a smaller community that there's not many restaurants, mm -hmm. but uh, his place only has probably thirty seats to begin with. But yeah. he's um, he's even saying he's only down twenty percent. And I said you got to really count your blessings because there's people who are there's no chance of them ever reopening at this point. Uh, one of the restaurants I, I do a lot of business with, uh, good friends of mine, Vincent's Clambaugh, famous in Italy, um, Little Italy. Uh, he has it down to a science. He does a tremendous takeout business to begin with and in-house. And he's doing very well with the takeout. I mean, he does uh, people line up for cars. They have the, all these cones set up in the parking lot. And it's like nonstop cars picking up. And the guys, the waiters just bring it right out to the car, put it in the trunk, and off they go. And, you know, so one of the things that people, uh, one thing that people should be doing too, and I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in this too, is if you can't, uh, a lot of people are just buying their own food now and cooking at home and getting the delivery service and stuff like that, but buy gift cards to these restaurants. Yeah. I've yeah. done that too, because, you know, five departments are not all there. It's volunteer out here in Long Island. So they're not all there in the, in the, uh, the firehouse police, uh, cop, you know, all in the cars. So when they can, they'll just go in and get it when they can. Yeah. And plus it helps them. It helps the businesses get some money on the front end too. And yeah. you look at a community like Bay Ridge that is so densely populated and everybody on top of each other. So they're going to be kind of like the last to be coming back as well. And the fear yeah. is that a lot of these places won't open. If I lived in, in Bay Ridge still and stuck in an apartment building and uh, I'd be terrified. I'd be so miserable. I stuck in a house for nothing to wow. I'm, you know, no sports, but, uh, even regular TV, it's horrible. I get tired of the news. I became a political junkie, but at least I'm in Long Island. I get my car. I go by the water. People are out here. 
I'm in a big parking lot right now. If it was nice out, all these, all this whole parking lot would be full of people like, you know, squared up and on chairs, you know, like in a circle with their trunks open, you know, with their tailgating almost. Do you like big baseball guy? What's that? Do you a big baseball guy? Uh, I'm a huge uh, football, Giants, Yankees, Rangers, not too much basketball. What do you what do you think of the proposed uh, start for the baseball with the three divisions instead of doing the regular? I, I'm prepared to go without baseball. Um, at this point, I don't really care. Um, I'm looking forward to football. Even that's going to be kind of weird. Did you watch the draft? Uh, uh, I live for the draft. Did I get my uh, our leads, our leads. It's with all the scouts and GMs. I mean, it's every breakdown of every player in the country. I'm a big uh, football guy too. Who's your Who's your team? He's a Giants. Giants. Oh, Giants fan. So you you were happy with? I thought they did great in the draft. Yeah, they they definitely did. I mean, they got the steal, Thomas. I thought it was Worfs or uh, or Wills because they had the Alabama connection. I didn't like Beckton, and uh, I was uh, salivating over Simmons. But the O line he fixed. He got uh, three picks on the O line, and um, it's a good deal. Yeah, I like the guy, uh, Thomas. I think he's he's a ready-to-go guy now. But I think they got the steal of the second round, too. They wound up picking a first-round talent in McKinney from yeah. Alabama. Right. Yeah, right. he definitely was scared. They couldn't pass him up at 36. He should have been a first round. And uh, I'm they looking forward a, to seeing him. Yeah, and they also picked up a corner from UCLA, who I saw play. And he Darnay Holmes. Darnay Holmes. Yeah. He's a good yep. player. I think the kid they got from Connecticut is uh, a little bit of a project, but he's got like massive size. Uh, oh, Matt Pert. Yeah, yeah, Matt offensive Pert. lineman. Yeah. Now, what was your problem? Because I'm, I'm a Jeff fan. Why didn't you like Beckton? I just think he's going to struggle with his weight. And when you're that big, uh, unless he's really, really, really athletic. He is. I mean, he ran quick, he ran fast, but. Six, Sean, six, seven. He's 6'7", 364, ran a 5'3", 40, and can reverse dunk. I ran a 4'9", 40 in high school, and I was 6'3", and three and a quarter, just so you guys know. You were on skates when you did that. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm a fat ninja. I'm telling you, you guys don't realize it, but I'm a fat ninja. <laughs> I think well, this guy uh, likes to eat. I mean, his mother's a caterer, you know what I mean? I always worry about those guys that uh, – that, um, you know, it can balloon up. I hope not, but we're, um, we're going to see him all year. The Giants had the first pick, so we'll see how they did uh, as far as the old tackles are. They had the first one, so we'll get to see Werfs and Wills and Beckton. I'll get to see because, I, you know, I watch the Jet games. Um, we'll see who got the best of it, but they said that Thomas is NFL ready, so. Right, and that's why, we'll that's, you know, the thing is he is a guy who – you know, you, like you said, you got the first pick there of the offensive tackles. You can't strike out. He's the guy who, who you know, he's going to be, you're plugging him in for the next 10 years. And also what it does, it moves Solder down to right tackle and you can plug this kid. At, at well, the they're going to leave Solder at left tackle. I heard Ron, uh, Thomas is going to right because they lost Remis. You know, and then you won't be able to tell this draft two, three years, like with any draft. It always that's, takes that's, two, three that's years. with drafts as well. Uh, do you think they start the season on time or do you think they push it back a month? Well, depending on how, you know, if this thing rebounds, if it, you know, comes back in the fall, like they're saying. Um, I just hope if I'm watching, there's no one understands that they pipe in the roar of the crowd because it'll be kind of weird seeing a touchdown without the, the roar of the crowd, you know? You know, I give credit to all these TV shows that are doing it without audiences. And then I, I like to watch Fox 5 News in the morning. 
because that's what I do now. I watch the news all day long. And then once in a while, I leave Wendy Williams on by accident and she pipes in a fucking laugh track. <laughs> it drives me insane. Drives me out. Probably does that when there's a live audience, too. I don't know about Wendy oh. Williams, but uh, oh my I'm God. glad the view is home. Joy, oh. <laughs> Joy Behar's looking uh, shaky. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So the easiest thing to do is, uh, which I did on GoFund. We're going to post the link on uh, on the event page on the, on the on the podcast page on YouTube as well. But uh, the quickest way to actually donate too, if you, if you just go on GoFundMe.com, you can type in uh, Joseph Ganascoli on the top, and uh, it goes right to the uh, the GoFundMe itself. Oh, good. You know, I didn't even know that. I should yeah, if you just type in your name, it goes right in there, and then people can just contribute right to there as well. So that's the that's perfect. Easy Beautiful. way to do it. We'll also post a link on too. But uh, any and all did a don- donations help. I don't care what it is. Um, just keeps me going. Yeah, and, we have a very um, loyal fan base, so I'm sure a bunch of them will. Uh, will, will we'll really, we'll really uh, pump this out. We'll promote this. Uh, we're, we're on a bunch of different streaming networks, so you know we'll, we'll absolutely have the word out. You know, thanks guys. I appreciate it. Trust. Anytime. Yeah. Hey Joe, since this is a music show, what is your uh, what is your music uh, legion? Who do you like? What do you what do you listen to? I mean, I, you know, I, I never I tried to get into music as a kid. I mean, all my friends did. Went to a few concerts, but I was more of like you know playing ball. Uh, and um, you know, I love the Woodstock album. I love classic rock. I'm a Led Zeppelin guy. Uh, I love Louis Prima. I did like some blues. But um, not like, uh, you know, always had music on in the car. I'd rather listen to sports radio. Now, uh, politics. Once in a while, I'll throw on the classic vinyl. Uh, But it's mostly uh, I'm a Zeppelin guy. And, of course, my classic disco because, you know, I like the hard rock. But when you were my age, um, you know, disco era, that's where the hot broads were. Right, so now you were you were in Brooklyn. Did you go? Yeah. Was there places like Panache around? Panache, wow, I haven't heard that. It was uh, let's see, in the late seventies. Pastels was a little later. Pastels, Pastels. Pastels? Yeah. That was in Bay Ridge. Yeah, Bay Ridge. Right, yeah. right. And what was the place in Gravesend? Um, right where we were talking about. Oh, um, lots of sweet. Plaza Suite. That's where uh, Sammy the Bull uh, was shooting there. Correct. Sammy the Bull bought that, and they killed the uh, the Albanian owner. That's right. Didn't that? Did you go to these places? I went to Plaza Suite. Yeah, I went to yeah. Plaza Suite. I went to uh, some after hour places. You know, we used to go to Wildwood. Um, yeah, those were the days, man. Well, well, how much would it cost me if you dug out that old suit that you wore? in the seventies and you wore it right now, what would it cost me to do that? Yeah. I don't think I would come close to fitting in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Those were, like, listen, if you see my young pictures, I was 175 and playing ball and, um, I used to get more ass than the toilet seat. <laughs> you know, you were actually the inspiration for one of my jokes that I do on stage. Cause I talk about, uh, being from New Jersey and I only, I only do this on the road because this is what actually happens. And they say that, uh, well, you know, you're from Jersey and you're Italian, you're in the mafia. And I go, no, not every fucking Italian fat guy from New Jersey is in the mafia. <laughs> and they go, well, why are you wearing the velour jumpsuit? I go, well, because it fucking fits. That's why I'm wearing it. 
And that's, exactly. that's the way we roll. Exactly. And look what he's wearing out here now. Exactly. <laughs> and I wasn't really a, a, a jumpsuit guy to fucking make fun of him, but only like recently. I just wear the jacket. I got shorts on. But uh, oh, I go, I go full velour. I don't give a shit. Yeah, nah, uh, fuck, fuck it. Exactly. Well, Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Maybe join you guys in that look. Yeah, you should. Uh-huh. Like, you, you know, you don't blend. You don't blend with with the with the Italians. You, you could be well, like Consigliere. <laughs> consigliere. I appreciate yeah, you guys having me on. It was a good chatting with you. And uh, thank, you, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. And again, go to the GoFund. Go to GoFundMe.com. Type in Joseph Ganascoli. You'll be able to pull up the GoFundMe right away. We'll also have the link on there as well, so you can hit the direct link. Uh, and you got anything else you want to plug? Anything that you're working on as far as movie or TV wise? Well, I'd be right before someone emailed about a, a film. Uh, but you know, I get emails, people like to talk and you know, where's there's the funding there. Uh, I had a few things lined up, but everything, you know, came to a halt. So like the rest of the world, we're at a standstill. Yeah. All right, Joe, thank you so much for checking in and, uh, we will push this as hard as we possibly can for you. Yeah, okay, you. guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Be thank safe. You too.